This podcast is a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to find out more. Hey guys, before we get into today's show, I just wanted to implore you to get two bonus podcasts that both continue on the content of today's show over on the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash radio mic. The Patreon is constantly growing and it is the best way to support the show. If you have subscriptions to Netflix or any other streaming service like that, cancel it right now and jump onto the Patreon. Support the little guy, not the big corporate dogs. Seriously though, I, I need money. So if you can spare a dollar for a few months, that would be pretty good okay on to the show two bonus podcasts that you can't hear anywhere else and they're really good mike what are you doing you've wrecked it you'll never work in this industry all right he will work in this industry and he's very very good welcome to 20th Century Boy. My name is Podcast Mike. And this is the inside of my mind. Oh, g'day guys. Welcome to 20th Century Boy, Radio Mike slash Podcast Mike, sometimes just Mike here. Hope you're going well. It's a it's it's been a huge week for me. Um, some of you might have uh, seen some announcements I made online this week. Um, but if not, welcome to the podcast. If this is your first one listening to it, probably a good one to start with, actually. Not a bad one. I mean, we are coming close to the end of the year. But uh, this is 20th Century Boy, a podcast by me, Radio Mike, a writer and producer from here in Melbourne, Australia, just trying to make his way through life. And it's the conversations you wish you were having about the stuff that nobody else cares about. That's the conceit of this podcast, the conversations you wish you were having. Because you go through life a lot. And I say this a lot at the top of the podcast. You go through life a lot and... You're just having conversations you don't want to be having with people, just out of politeness, and that's fine. You know, hey, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, what do you? What have you been doing? Not much. Cool. And uh, you know, this podcast strips all that away. No small talk, straight to the big talk, and it's the conversations you wish you were having about the stuff that no one else cares about. That's what we're all about here. And a lot to get through on today's show. Up top, though. We currently are running a promotion with Angel Grove Collectibles. AngelGroveCollectibles.com. Use code RADIOMIKE in all caps for 10% off your next purchase. And go into the running to win a Charizard Pokemon card set. They have all collectibles from everything you were into as a kid. All nostalgic stuff. Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, Digimon, um, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles. Whatever you're looking for, go to angelgrovescollectibles.com and pick it up. You could win from them the Charizard trainer pack, which is worth like 250 bucks. Or from me, if you use that code and send me a screenshot of you using that code, I am giving away both this Dragon Ball Super Master Roshi figure. That's a great little gift you can get. Send me the screenshot. Or you could also win this Dragon Ball Super Super Saiyan God Vegeta constructible figure. Giving away both of those things at some point towards the end of the year. So get around it. Um, use the code Radio Mike in all caps, angelgrovecollectibles.com. Uh, you've seen the title of the podcast this week and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey as a podcast producer, just in a sec, because I announced this week that I'm finishing up as producer of TOEFOP. Um, I'll speak a little bit more about that in a sec. I just want to do a couple of listener messages up the top here. So Radio Scooter 
long-term listener of the show and welcome. Welcome back. Glad to still have you around. I was going to do this segment actually, sorry, random detour, but that's what I do on this show a lot. I was going to do this segment of like the um, checking if people who used to listen to the show that I remember still listen. I might just do that here. Radio Nacho Cheese was a long time contributor to the show. He says he would never miss an episode, but just wanted to check in. Nacho Cheese, I think the long time listeners miss you. Haven't heard from you for a while. We also had a listener for a while called Mel, Radio Mel, who was a very vocal contributor. She used to contribute a lot. Haven't heard from Mel for a while. Mel, do you still listen to the show? Write in. Just j- just check in. Let us know you're still around. Um, that'd be good. Uh, but anyway, Radio Shooter. Now, of course, on this show, and this is what Shooter's talking about, we do. We are currently in the season of Gnomus. <laughs> We wish you a merry gnomus. We wish you a merry gnomus. We wish you a merry gnomus. It's the middle of the year. Celebrating gnomus. I love that opener. <laughs> Celebrating gnomus at the moment. And, uh, well, basically, it's the period in before December where we don't celebrate or think about Christmas at all. I'm loving it. Message in your favourite Gnomus Carol. My favourite Gnomus Carol is probably All My Friends by LCD Sound System. A a Gnomus Carol is just any song that's not a Christmas carol. Um, But Shooter's written in, Mike, you claim to be enforcing Gnomus despite the fact that you were giving away a Christmas sweater as a part of a competition. That's true. More on the Christmas sweater giveaway a bit later in the show. But yes, we are giving away a Christmas sweater on the show, which inadvertently means we have to talk about Christmas during Gnomus, which you're right, Shooter, does kind of uh, completely dismantle the Gnomus tradition. And I am deeply, deeply apologetic to all of the listeners for the fact that I am uh, currently talking about Christmas in every episode of the show because of the Xmas sweater giveaway. But that's sometimes just how it works, guys. We also have uh, Radio Emma Monk. Welcome to the radio family, Radio Emma Monk. Hey, Mike. Listening to the latest podcast... And of course, sorry, I should give context again. At the end of the year, the last show of the year, we're doing Gumballorama. We are emptying a gumball machine. Um, it's going to be really fun, but I I can't find a gumball machine anywhere. I'm like, do they still exist? Is, is this 10 years too late? Emma Monk to the rescue. Hey, Mike, listening to the latest pod, and I can help you out with the gumballs. When I was in Victoria earlier this month, that's the state that I live in, I noticed two gumball machines while at the Spencer Street outlet. Both were maybe a third to half full. Hope this hell. Hope this helps. Surely enough, producer Pat on this show was at the Spencer Street outlet the other day. He's taken a picture of those exact two gumball machines. Now, by the looks of it, one is a traditional gumball machine. One is a bouncy ball machine. Sometimes they put bouncy balls in. So we won't be doing the bouncy ball machine, but the gumball machine is there. I'm not sure if it takes 20 cents or 50 cent coins though. So Pat or someone listening, can you check that? And looking at it, it's pretty big. Like I reckon you probably could have 500 balls in there easily. So I guess we're, I guess we're going to find out. So we will uh, we will be doing the the Gumballorama at the Spencer Sh- the Spencer Street outlet in the city. Uh, that's where we're going to do it because that's easy to get to. And if you want to come along on the day, I'll I'll announce what day we're going to do it. Feel free to just come along and watch. Um, me and Pat will be there, so it should be a bunch of fun. Um, 
thanks to everyone writing in. Write in any time. That's how you contribute the show. You guys help build the show by contributing to the show in that way. RadioMikePod at gmail.com. Uh, Radio.mic on Instagram. Tweet about the show at It's Radio Mike, the TikTok, the YouTube, um, or leave a voice message, 1-800-438-353. Call it and leave a voice message or just leave a voice message in my Insta DMs, whatever you'd like to do. Um, that's the best way to get in touch. And I love hearing all the things you guys have to say. Announced uh, earlier this week, and I actually announced it on the Patreon podcast, The Overflow, a few months ago. So you get a bit of early, early content there. But yeah, I'm finishing up with Tofop, which is Will Anderson and Charlie Clawson's podcast and podcast network that I've worked for, for about five years. Finishing up at the end of the year, essentially. Not totally, but as the main producer of their pods, they've been acquired by Listener, which is um, a podcast production company, and they're going to have much more resources, which is very good for them. Um, but I did want to talk a bit because I put this little um, this thanks tweet and Instagram post out there just saying thank you to all the people who helped me um, get that job, and that's been like such a defining part of my career, particularly in the earlier days I produced Will Anderson's Willosophy podcast and I've never really told too much of the story about working on that show here. So I thought it would be good to just tell, explain to people how I became a podcast producer because that's what I've been doing and I never really set out to do it. I always sort of thought I was going to work in radio and my dream at the time was to produce Drive Radio. Like I love Tamish and Andy. They did the National Drive show on Fox FM and the hit network around Australia And I always just thought, I want to do drive radio. I want to produce it. And I mean, that was my goal when I started working in radio. So at the end of 2017, and I know some of you will know bits and pieces of this story, but at the end of 2017, I was the panel operator on the final week of the Hamish and Andy drive radio show. So Jack, it was a, it was an outside broadcast and Jack was with the boys in all the outside locations they were broadcasting throughout the week. So I was back in studio paneling, talking to the guys and et cetera. And um, the executive producer of the Hamish and Andy radio show was Sam Kavanagh. And I worked a lot with Sam and I was super passionate about Hamish and Andy, as I'm sure you guys know. I worked a lot with Sam on on that week and just generally at Fox FM when I was working there. And Sam is an absolute legend. A lot of my career, particularly since, you know, moving into podcasts is is due to Sam sort of taking a shot on me and giving me a chance um, back in 2017, 2018. So once that all wrapped up, I sent an email to Sam and I basically said, hey, mate, just wanted to say that last week panelling of Hamish and Andy was like the greatest week of my life. That show has been a massive part of my life and I just wanted to thank you etc for all the opportunities and he said no worries looking forward to seeing what your career does next and then early in 2018 uh Sam sort of came up to me in the office is like hey can I chat to you about this like opportunity I've got for you and at this point we hadn't started it but I was going to start as the assistant producer on the Hamish and Andy podcast that was the first year of the H&A pod and Sam pulled me aside and he was like, and, and this is, I remember this conversation so clearly and I was such a different person and it's so fascinating looking back. And he just said to me, look, uh, I work with Will Anderson on his, I'm trying, I'm like, Sam's like working as a consultant with Will and Charlie on their podcast network. 
And he said, Will does this podcast called Willosophy. It's run for about two years, but it's very irregular in its release and it doesn't have like any kind of release schedule. It has the potential to be a very big show, but it doesn't have the, it simply doesn't have the, um, the, a producer to keep it ticking along and Will doesn't have time to actually produce the show. So I'm trying to convince him to put a producer on that show um, and I think you should do it. And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do it. And that's kind of how it started. And then the next thing I knew, and I was freaking out. I was like, I'm not capable of this. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to book guests. I don't have any contacts. I'm new to the industry, blah, blah, blah. And the next week, Sam had organized for me to meet Will. And that was the first time I met Will Anderson. It was in an office at Triple M because he was doing the Triple M breakfast radio show there. And I met Will and he was really nice. He's like, what, you know, what are your thoughts? Like, what are your thoughts on this? What is your goal? What are your goals? And I said, I think I want to produce drive radio, but I, I like, I'm keen to like, just get as much experience as possible, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of had the job and I was like, great, let's record our first one next week. And I, we used to record it when Will lived in Melbourne, we would record it at Will's house. So I would drive to Will's house and we would just, and I just sort of hang out with Will and like, I didn't know him that well. So at first it was kind of awkward and I wasn't sure like if I was imposing or not, but we'd go to Will's house, the guests would meet us there and we would record at Will's house. And I was just doing Willosophy and I was booking guests every week and the, and the idea and the, basically what I was tasked to do from Sam was your job is to have a guest booked in and recorded every week for an episode to be released every week for the year. And if you like, if you do that, we, he thought the show would grow, it would become a profitable show and it would become a big show. Now I'm really proud of what we achieved with that because we did do that. And at the time Willosophy was running, it became the, probably the biggest interview podcast in the country. Now there's hundreds of them, but at the time there weren't really any. And we were, we released episodes every week. We recorded every week and I was just chugging along with it. And I felt really confident about how it was going. And I was really happy with everything I achieved on that show. Um, It was amazing. Of course, at one point then Will left radio, it hit COVID and he moved to uh, New South Wales. So then it became a remote podcast and I had to learn how to remotely set up guests and everything like that. But looking back on that show and my experience with it, it was really interesting because I was just like, I just was booking all these awesome guests. Like I, I had booked Julia Gillard, who was the prime minister of Australia, which was a big deal. And I had to teach Julia Gillard how to record on garage band, which was fun. Um, at one point, like there was Jimmy Carr, the comedian. I was just talking to him on a zoom call, waiting for Will to join the call. And my housemates were in the other room, just hearing me talking to Jimmy Carr, which was crazy. Um, even like Tony Armstrong, who's become very big in Australia. Funnily enough, like Tony Armstrong came to my house at the time to record his Willosophy episode because he didn't have a mic set up. So I just said, if you, I live, it was when I lived in Northcote and I just said to Tony Armstrong, come to my house. And the, the funniest part about that was, and you just meet all these interesting people, but then it turned out Tony Armstrong 
used to work with my brother and they were really good friends. And immediately as I opened the door, when he arrived, he was just like, Oh, you're Dan's brother. I used to work with your brother and we were, we were really good friends and like used to have beers on my brother's balcony and stuff. So just funny stuff like that. And you know, Working on that show was such a blast. It was an incredible experience. It was such a good show as well. Like I learned so much from working on Willosophy. And at the same time, I was starting working on Hamish and Andy. The way I got that was after I finished on the Drive radio show, I um, and the, the boys were leaving radio, and then I got in contact with Dave Cameron, who Hamish and Andy fans will know as Grumpy Dave, and I said, hey, I'm really passionate about radio and, and being in the business. Can you give me any advice or tips on what to do next? And he said, oh, would you want to work on the Hamish and Andy podcast? And me, like he literally just said it like that. Like we had a longer conversation. He's like, oh, maybe you could be interested in doing this. And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love that. And yeah, I started doing that. And when COVID hit, because I was still working casually a lot in radio, I did that paneling stint on the hot breakfast with Eddie, Will and Luke Darcy. And that was an amazing experience that I look back on and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Like I was like 23 paneling this number one breakfast show in Melbourne with some of the biggest on-air talent in the country. And I'm just behind the panel making tons of mistakes admittedly, but honestly trying my best. And I look back on it all now, where I'm at now, leaving Tofop, I suppose, And I just think, wow, like how did I, how did I do all that? How did I have the courage to do all of that? Because now where I am, I feel so confident, but back then I didn't, but I was just like, I have to do this. Like I have to give all of these things a shot. That's my way into this industry. And I think when COVID hit, radio died, like there was not died, like, but there was significantly less money in radio significantly less casual jobs in paneling and stuff. And I essentially just had to go into podcasting because there was no other work. So I just sort of transferred my skills to podcasting. But that's also when I kind of started ramping up on this show, doing more of this. And then as time went on, I started all the stuff I was learning from making podcasts with other people, bigger people, I was kind of taking back to this show and trying to channel it into what I do here. And whether that was working with Tofop and, and Will and Charlie or Hamish and Andy or even Luke and Lewis and seeing what all these different people were doing in the podcast space and trying to adopt those measures to make my content better. And so, yeah, out of necessity, I just became a podcast producer and now I don't really do too much work in radio at all. Um, not that I'm not open to it, but it's just like podcasting has boomed so much. Anyway, eventually I took over as well for Tofop, Fofop and Two Guys, One Cup. It's just been, it it was working with Tofop and Will and Charlie has just been such a great experience and they've been so supportive of me and this side of my stuff as well, like my my on-air stuff, which has been awesome. And Will as well has just from day one has like really embraced me as a producer and I do feel really lucky and I don't take for granted the opportunities that I've had. And I would say like a lot of it would have stemmed from not just like a lot of luck in the sense that I was definitely in the right place at the right time in front of the right people a lot. And I guess the argument is that you make your own luck, but also like a bit of privilege as well. Like, don't get me wrong, but 
I do feel really lucky. I don't take for granted the opportunities that I've had. And I'm really grateful for that experience to be working with such a good show and, and Willosophy in particular, again, was so proud of what we achieved with that and just the, the caliber of guests we got on, the output of that show and the quality of the conversations that that show would allow and to be creating that space and to be creating that those conversations for, for people at a time where, again, those kinds of podcasts, at least in Australia, weren't very big. Now, I personally feel like a lot of podcasts are just celebrity talking to celebrity friends or the same guests go on every podcast to promote their book or to promote their album or whatever it is. And it's just the same conversations across the same, the same with the same people across the same platform. And it's like, that's why this podcast is the conversations you wish you were having about the stuff no one else cares about. Because I guarantee you, you won't hear the stuff I talk about on this podcast on any other podcast in the country. That's the Mikey guarantee. But anyway... Life as a podcast producer, it's been really fun. It's been awesome. I still am one, by the way. And the other thing is I'm not, I mean, I'm not really like leaving that much. Like I'm still working with Tofop as like a digital producer, editing like clips and um, videos and stuff. So I'm still working with them in that capacity. And as well as that, um, I'm still working on Two Guys, One Cup, the AFL podcast. So I'm, I mean, barely anything's changing, guys. I'm just making a big song and dance, but I am still working on the footy podcast. So just confirming that Mike's bigger year of footy will go ahead in 2023 as planned. It'll be Mike's much bigger year of footy. It'll be a huge year and I'm very excited for it. So yeah, I'll no longer be on TOEFOP and if Willosophy comes back from its hiatus, I won't be working on it. Um, but I'll still be on Two Guys, One Cup and I'll still be around. And, and Charlie even said I could I, I might pop up on Fofop, which I've been on a few episodes of in the past. So yeah, really cool, really grateful and wanted to take some time on this pod to talk about that part of my career and special thanks to to Sam, Will and Charlie and James Fosdyke, the artist for Tofop, who have worked with me and been amazing people to work with over the years. So thanks to those guys and awesome, awesome part of my career that I am so grateful for. 20th Century Boy, we'll be right back. Excuse this interruption, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Just a reminder that you can support us on Patreon and get access to the TCB Overflow podcast that's up right now on Patreon. It follows on from this show. Today on the TCB Overflow, I'm going to be talking about behind the scenes producing Hamish and Andy's emergency slide party, which took place last week. It was a lot of fun, and I'll give you some insight into how it went. You also get the Pat and Mike show on Friday as well, and give as little as a dollar a month. That's three coffees a year on Patreon. Plus, if you're looking for a Christmas present for a friend who loves nostalgic collectibles, head to angelgrovecollectibles.com and use code RADIOMIKE in all caps for 10% off your next purchase and the chance to win a Charizard trainer pack of Pokemon cards. That's worth about $250, so it's pretty good. Anyway, that's it for now. Let's get back to the show. Hi, everybody. I'm Marge Simpson, and I love reading Mike's podcast, 20th Century Boy. Now, I do have a bunch of things that I need to rant about on this show, and as you know, this show is a lot just Mike ranting about stuff that kind of annoys him, but, you know, has to be said, really. And 
I wanted to talk about this, <laughs> one of the funniest bits of news from the week that I honestly cannot believe. I genuinely cannot believe that this happened. Uh, if you didn't hear or if you don't care, Neighbours is coming back to TV. Neighbours, the Australian soap opera that ran for, I think, 37 years before ceremoniously being taken off air uh, earlier this year, is coming back within about two months of it being cancelled. Now, here's what I think is really funny about this, and I think everyone would feel kind of the same, because you know, I've said this on the pod before, I was a big Neighbours fan when I was like, 10 and 11 like my mum was always really into soap operas like the Australian ones like Neighbours Home and Away the American ones that play at like five o'clock um Days of Our Lives and whatever that other one is and um so I used to watch Neighbours with mum all the time used to love it obviously grew out of it but you know I always did feel like Neighbours was like an iconic Australian soap opera that was never going to end. I think a lot of people felt like it was not never going to end and it just just your typical soap opera Murders, deaths, arsons, affairs, pregnancies, um, explosions, everything, you know, the world's most dangerous street is Ramsey Street in Neighbours. And, you know, they did this and a lot of a lot of international now talent started on Neighbours. So Margot Robbie, everyone knows, started on Neighbours as um, Donna Friedman. Everyone had a crush on her back then as well. Uh, Guy Pearce started on Neighbours. Kylie Minogue started on Neighbours. Uh, who else started on Neighbours? Um, lots of people, just believe me. Lots and lots of people. Oh, Delta Goodrum, you know, lots of people. And a lot of people saw it as like a training ground as well for young acting talent. And, you know, it, it's... It's a, it's an Australian iconic show. So I think it was quite sad for people when it was announced that Neighbours was ending. It's like, and, and essentially the UK was really chiefly funding Neighbours because it was so big as an export to the UK. So a lot of the funding for the show came from the UK. And then whoever it was in the UK, I can't remember who, which channel it was, but they said, hey, we want to invest this money into local content so we're no longer supporting Neighbours and that was enough to pull the plug. No more funding, can't make the show. Neighbours was gone. They did this big finale. It was actually the most watched program of the evening. Um, Kylie Minogue came back. Guy Pierce was a main character. Um, a few other people from the original Neighbours, like from the 80s, came back. And, you know, I, I, a lot of people watched it. It was nostalgic. It was fun. And I, I watched it with mum and I honestly thought it was nice. Like, I thought it was a good way to send off the series. And, you know, it was good. And then, you know, this big song and dance, huge publicity tour... Toadie from Neighbours is on every TV show, every radio show talking about Neighbours. He's like the most long-running cast member on the show, just talking about it, doing the rounds and etc. And then, you know, then it's gone. Goodbye. Neighbours is over. That was fun. 37 years. See you later. Literally two months later, we get this announcement. Neighbours is returning. Thanks to Amazon Freebie. That's right. Amazon Freebie, a streaming service that I have never heard of. I literally have never heard of Amazon Freebie and I don't know what it is. But Neighbours is returning and being funded by Amazon, essentially. And 
the irony of like this huge finale episode bringing back all the guests and then and then for for you know for this ultimate farewell this final goodbye to neighbors next minute hey guys neighbors is back we're starting again next year everything's the same all systems go <laughs> it's like the most ironic thing ever like Hey guys, Kylie Minogue isn't going to come back in two more years when Neighbours inevitably gets cancelled again and do another finale. You should have copped that as your finale. None of these actors are going to come back again, again in another three years or four years or however long Amazon is going to pay for Neighbours. I don't think it's going to be too long, but they're also bringing the whole back catalogue to streaming, which I think is is kind of cool because sometimes I'm like, I remember loving like this storyline on Neighbours. I wish I could kind of just watch that storyline again for like three weeks. That would be really cool. But yeah, I think it's really funny and ironic. And I'm not disappointed it's coming back. Like, I don't really care. I don't know what Amazon Freebie is. I know they're airing on Channel 10 here in Australia. Then they go international to Amazon Freebie. Again, no idea what that is. I've never heard of it. I love how they talk it up in the in the Neighbours Returns clip um, as if everyone knows what it is. No idea what it is, but yeah, neighbours, everybody needs them. Good neighbours and good friends. Glad they are back. As well as that, uh, there's a few things I wanted to follow up on from last week. Um, I spoke last week about Pokemon designs declining in quality. Um, classic nerdy stuff to talk about in this show. Got a lot of feedback from you guys. Patreon Ganonbort, one of our Patreon supporters, wrote in. He said, I definitely disagree with the Pokemon take. There may have been some dud Pokemon, but at the core of their design is a concept. Whether that is as simple as a fire dragon or a spooky ghost or something like a soccer player or an archer, it just comes back to element and concept. I don't think they could have gotten away with continuing to do animal element. At the heart of it, though, people would be unhappy with whatever decision was made, and this is just the lesser of the evils. I agree. Like, no matter what happens, people are always going to be annoyed and disgusted in the new Pokemon. Anything new, people are like, what is this? And then inevitably it just ends up growing on everyone. I remember when I heard the Green Day album, Father of All, which is their most recent album, which everyone thought was terrible. Like everyone was like, this is the worst album ever. And I thought that too. But now I really like it and I listen to it a lot. And I'm always like, oh, this music is really good. And I think if a band that wasn't Green Day put this album out, it would have been really big. It's just that it's so removed from what that band was that people don't like it. So I think it's always like that. But I did get a lot of comments when I put it up as a clip because the clip went a bit viral across YouTube. I think it got like 15,000 views or something. Um, Got a lot of comments. And because of that, I actually want to resurrect a segment I've only done once a few weeks ago. And uh, well, it's this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the dumbest comment I received all week. And we've got a huge fuckwit tonight. Here's your host, Radio Mike. Thank you. Thank you, announcer Mike. This is a comment uh, I want to remind you. It's a YouTube comment from somebody in this in this world, on this planet, I assume. Uh, and please just remember... This is a comment on a video about the children's video game franchise Pokemon and the designs of Pokemon being 
declining in quality, in my opinion. This is a real comment that I received. Um, I'm going to read that comment to you now. So just get, well, now if this isn't the comment, I'm going to read it now. <clears throat> Remember, this is about Pokemon. This is it. I just, sorry, I just have to, I have to explain to you that this is a real comment. Like you almost won't believe. Okay, I'm just going to read it. Their feminist woke feminism, no genders and soft for kids to kids in their 20s. Shit sad and depressing. I'd go to the suburban middle-aged winos and pill poppers, Karens and alike mums with no water to float on, but ruin everything for everyone for my special little boys and girls that are adults and F up. That was a real comment I received and that is the worst comment of the week. Another thing that I want to follow up on that I haven't followed up on forever. Sorry, I just, can we just acknowledge that comment? Sorry, I just moved on so quick. They're feminist, woke feminist. I don't even, I didn't even talk about feminism. I was talking about Pokemon feminist. I feel like this person commented on like the wrong video, maybe. They're feminist, woke feminism, no genders and soft for kids. Shit sad and depressing. Suburban middle-aged winos and pill poppers, Karens and mums with no water to flow. Anyway, fuck, I don't know. I do need to do a cheeky version, a, a cheeky update on this. Pull out the red carpet because it's Mike's big year of premieres. I did talk about the big year of premieres a few weeks ago and how it's sort of been declining as the year has gone on, but I can confirm that I'm going to not a premiere tonight, but a, but an, a media invited event. And I wanted to detail this because it kind of leads into another thing I want to talk on on today's show. So uh, how do I put this? Basically, a few, maybe a month ago, I was invited to a screening of Avatar, the James Cameron film, the original Avatar that came out in 2009. They were replaying it and it was fun. It was at Melbourne Central. We went, it was cool. And a lot of people there did think it was a screening of the new Avatar movie, Avatar The Way of the Water, which comes out, I think, on December 16th. So a lot of people were really disappointed that it was the original Avatar because um, it goes for like two and a half hours and people were like, oh, this isn't this isn't the new Avatar, this is the original one. So that was fun. I knew it was the original one, I just thought I wanted to see it. And anyway, got an email from Disney, who, you know, runs 20th Century Fox, and it said, hey, you're invited to Avatar The Way of the Water, an immersive event. And I was like, oh, cool, this is the screening for the second Avatar movie, this should be fun. And... I scroll on, it's at the Loom in Melbourne. I don't know what that is, but it said, but then you scroll down and it says underneath, please note, this is not a screening of Avatar The Way of the Water. It is a sensory event at the Loom. And I'm like, ah, oh. so it's not the movie. It is tonight though, of the day of recording. I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 23rd of November. It is tonight. So I, uh, next week on the show, I'll talk about it. I'm going with one of my friends and it's just like apparently an immersive sensory event at the loom. So I guess I'm kind of excited about it, but I have no idea what to expect or what it is. So I'll definitely explain, I'll do some videos from it and I'll explain everything next week. But I just thought it was really funny because it's clear they put that there because everyone thought the original screening from last month was the original, uh, was the new Avatar movie, but it wasn't. And they took our phones and everything. Like, let me say that again. 
I went to a pre I went to a screening of the original Avatar movie by James Cameron that came out in 2009, 13 years ago, and Disney, the company that runs these screenings, took everyone's phones to a movie that's been out for 13 years. What, did they think we were going to film the screen and post it online? You can buy the movie on DVD. You can stream it anywhere. Why did they have to take our phones? They didn't even show like a sneak preview of the next movie or anything that would justify us not having our phones. I don't know why they felt like they had to confiscate them because I'd seen the movie in almost that exact cinema 13 years ago. There was no secrets that could be revealed or displayed to anyone and be like, oh, they ruined it. No, they didn't. The movie's been out for 13 years, James Cameron. I don't know why you have to take our phones. (laughs) So then we had to sit there and watch the movie for two and a half hours and couldn't bloody go on our phones, which was shit. No, that's how movies should be watched. But anyway, uh, tonight is that event, Avatar The Way of the Water, not a screening, a preview immersive experience i'm sure it'll be fun there's food and drinks which is always good but i did want to talk about avatar the way of the water this is the next the next movie in the avatar franchise avatar the way of the water and i'm gonna make a big call on the show right now the movie comes out on the 16th of december gonna make a gonna make a big call on the show and i'm happy to eat my words very happy to eat my words on this i think that avatar the way of the water is going to be a commercial flop at the box office calling it now and there's a bunch of reasons for this number 1 and and people will be like no the first one was the highest grossing film of all time admittedly that is correct avatar the original is the highest grossing film of all time i think it's like in the 2 billions now right highest grossing film of all time but here's the thing about the original avatar the entire movie was sold on the 3D gimmick. Like the whole thing was like, oh, it's 3D. It's awesome. You have to see it. And they marketed that so well. And it was good. Like whatever you think about the movie, visually that movie was a very good um, 3D movie. And after its success, because it made so much money at the box office, every single movie, if you go back to 2009, 2010, 2011, there was like three years there where every single movie was shoehorning 3D into it because they thought that was what was big and hot and popular at the time, trying to ride off the coattails of Avatar. 3D, you know, it's a fad. And for a while there, it was a thing and I hated it. Every time you went to the movies, it's like, do you want 3D screening? It's like, no. And you'd have to pay extra for the glasses. Hated it. And the other thing was Avatar was designed for 3D. Like the whole vision of that film was to use this and showcase this technology. Whereas all these other copycat, not copycat movies, but movies like, you know, Saw. Saw did a 3D and it was called Saw 3D. Final Destination 3D. Like all these horror movies, these cheap horror movies and stuff. And pretty much everything. Like I'm pretty sure, I'm sure there were some big franchise movies that were in 3D and stuff. And it was just like, these aren't made for 3D, but you're purposely shooting them to have moments that could become 3D and it's shit. Whereas Avatar was designed for it and I personally thought it was really good. And I think the combination of like being a really big science fiction film that was showcasing this really cool new technology of 3D that was made by James Cameron, who was already a very established director, 
and then selling the shit out of that, particularly the 3D and the word of mouth of like, you have to see this. It's so immersive. It's so amazing. It's so beautiful, which may or may be true if you think that. Um, that's what led that movie to becoming the highest grossing film of all time. And I don't think it's undeserving. Um, but from there, the variables start to waver a bit, in my opinion. That was 2009. And as soon as it become became very successful, all of a sudden it was like, James Cameron confirms there are going to be five Avatar movies. There's going to be five movies with the next one out in a few years, right? Well, it's been 13 years and finally the second one is coming out. The problem with that, no one cares anymore. People barely cared about the story of that film. It was a retelling essentially of like Pocahontas, right? It was nothing groundbreaking in terms of storytelling. It was the technology that sold it. And in 2022, we are so over that technology. No one will care about it if they're doing it in 3D again. No one cares. So no one cares about the story and no one cares about the technology or the visuals anymore. We've seen it before. What could possibly be in this film that would make people want to see it the marketing of the film is really lax they're barely pushing it and if this one isn't successful i can hardly see them justifying making three more i think the biggest thing that ruined it for avatar the way of the water is the distance between the first one going from 2009 to 2022 you've lost all hype and momentum and you're now going with nostalgia all those franchise like horror movies and franchise movies, they go out year after year to keep the hype train going and milk the gravy train. You leave 13 years behind a release, you're almost not even at nostalgia yet. You might need to wait 20 for that. So I just think it's it's a really stupid thing and I would be very surprised if Avatar 2 even comes close to what Avatar 1 did. I don't think it's going to be a bad movie, by the way. I think critically it will be quite successful and popular. I think it will be a visually great film. I think it'll be a well-received film. But I think commercially the interest is gone from the common moviegoer. I don't think many people are going to pay to see Avatar 2. 13 years after they saw Avatar 1, didn't really get it and thought it was like visually cool, but don't feel like they need it again. Especially because in the past 13 years, think of how many like technological breakthroughs there are. The other thing is it's a, it's an, it's a, it's over three hours long. And that's the other thing it has working against it. Over three hours long in 2022, it's just like, you're not going to attract anyone that's not like a film buff and you'll get film buffs going. And that's why I say it will be a critically acclaimed film, but the everyday film goer these days wants shorter movies, not extremely long movies. Three and a, three hours plus is long. I'd say two and a half hours now is very long. Give me a 90 minute film. That's all I want in my life. All I really want in my life if I'm watching a movie is for that movie to be 90 minutes max. Anything over 90 minutes, I don't care if it's 91 or 119, I don't want it. I want to sit down for 90 minutes and watch a film. Good. Okay, I'll give you one hour 45. Anything over one hour 45, it's a no from me. There are so many great movies at that length. Truman Show, I think is just under two hours. The Emperor's New Groove, under 90 minutes. School of Rock, it's about 100 minutes. So many classic movies are less than, less than two hours, I think. And that's what people want. That's what we want. 
our brains are so scrambled from TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and all this other shit that we're looking at throughout the day. We don't have time. We simply don't have time for a two and a half hour film. Don't make them. Movie studios, listen up. Don't make long movies. Just give us 90 minutes so we can get the fuck on with our days. Anyway, Avatar, three hours. Bit indulgent, James. And I think you are going to be disappointed when you see the extreme drop in revenue and gross uh, from your film. I just don't, I, I really don't believe that it's going to work. I'll see it, but I won't enjoy it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I won't enjoy having to spend three hours plus there, but I'll I'll still see it. A um, couple more things on today's show. I don't even know how long we've been going for. Let me just check that. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Um, speaking of movies, and this is another classic old man Mike rave, I saw the trailer for the new Pixar movie, Elemental. It's been a big year on this show for Mike ripping into Pixar movies. Of course, the Buzz Lightyear movie was a big one for that. Um, But there's a new, there's a new Pixar movie. It's called Elemental. And (laughs) people are going to hate this take. I actually think that like Pixar movies now and lots of animated movies and maybe they always have been, and I'm just like getting old and grumpy, being an old grumpy white guy, because Elemental is literally like, all all Pixar movies now are just like, what if X was real and we're living, what if X was a living being? How would that play out? Where X is like any non-human thing that, that becomes anthropomorphized by Pixar, whether that's like literally it, it was emotions with inside out. And I guess it all started with toys in toy story. It's like, what if toys were real inside out? What if emotions were real? And then I watched this, I think it was like a DreamWorks animated one I watched called luck. And it's like, what if luck was a real, were like creatures. Luck was a creature. Like, like, and it was just a very, very stupid movie. And then this elemental one is literally like, what if like fire, water, grass, and air were people, were like living creatures? What would they do? How would they interact? How would they, how would they go about their lives? And, and, and the, the storyline seems to be a fire girl and a water guy meet I was like, oh, well, we can't be friends. You're fire, I'm water. How are we bloody going to get along? I'll bloody put you out. But it looks like they fall in love in what seems to be alluding to some kind of Romeo and Juliet type situation in which, yeah, fire girl and fire guy and no, fire girl and water guy fall in love but can't really be together. But I think I can already tell you the message of the film is going to be like, it doesn't matter if someone's different just embrace it, which is a good message for kids. It's just like, I feel like they're stretching now. <laughs> they're just, it's just like, and, I, and, and again, I'm going to see the film and I'm sure I will love it. I love most of the Pixar movies, but yeah, I just think it's funny. Like what if toys were real? What if ants could talk? What if cars could talk? What if emotions could talk? What if fire could talk? <laughs> anyway, 
This is my little rant about Elemental. I'm sure it'll be very good. Okay, I just want to wrap up with a little bit of updates. A little bit of updates? Some updates on this. Not that, this. Christmas sweater giveaway. Oh, yeah. We're giving away your Christmas sweater from Typo. I love that segment opener so much. I think it's my favourite one on the show. Here we go, guys. Uh, I bought the Christmas sweaters online. They have arrived. I'm holding one up on the video version now. This is my one. It's custom printed to say Mikey. So it's 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 a Mikey Christmas. Of course, we're in Gnomus now, so please, my apologies for having to do this. But this is my one. So I've bought my one and... As I mentioned, you can win your own Christmas sweater. And here it is. It's really cool. Um, You win this by being in the Patreon by the end of the year. Oh, so no, by December 2nd it is. So if if you're not in the Patreon yet, jump in the Patreon now. The draw is, I think, next week or the week after. And you could win this Christmas sweater. It's worth 50 bucks. I put mine on. It's quite a quality sweater. It's really not. It's a nice jumper. Um, It's actually Friends themed. I didn't realize as in Friends, the TV show. So it's got the Friends logo on it. And like it, it, it just says friends, and then it says, "Could we be any more festive?" Like um, Matthew Perry as Chandler, but the rest is just Christmas themed. But I don't know why it's got friends theming on it. So you can win the Christmas sweater. Jump on the Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You've heard it all already. I don't have to say it again. But you can win that. It's going out. It's a random draw, so you could win. And of course, remember, um, AngelGroveCollectibles.com. Use code Radio Mike in all caps to grab yourself ten uh, percent off your next purchase. And if you screenshot the purchase with the code you can win the super saiyan vegeta constructible thing and the master roshi figurine please do that support the brands that support the show and let's wrap up with this the plug Over on the TCB Overflow, I'm going to talk all about Hamish and Andy's emergency slide party. So if you're interested in that, definitely check that out over on the Patreon. And uh, a bunch happening this week. I will pop up on the final ep of Hamish and Andy for the year, which should be really fun. And from there, uh, a couple of things here. Firstly, I brought back Mike Talks, my sometimes bonus edition of this podcast that I sometimes do when I sometimes have time. It's on this podcast feed, so if you scroll up, you should see it. It was with Dave Ferrier and Dean Thomas, who have just created an Australian web cartoon series called Childish Dino, which is hilarious and had some really great conversations with them because they're both radio people. Um, Dave has had his own show in Brisbane for a while and Dino was the anchor of the Chrissy Salmon Brown radio show so I actually we not only talked about animation cartoons favorite shows and pop culture in that sense but I also talked to them about their experience because they're both leaving radio now to pursue this animation full-time and I just asked them how they felt about that how do you both feel about transitioning out of radio and entering the, the the wild blue yonder I guess and just seeing what happens I just want to keep making the things that I'm passionate about and it took me a while to really figure out what that was and that's writing and executing comedy now that can be in broadcasting and it has been but mm. now just for this next little bit for a year at least I'm going to concentrate that passion and that skill I believe I have into this cartoon and to, to making things 
Really fascinating chat. Get it on the feed uh, right now. I'd love for you to check that out. I do have some more mic talks uh, recorded and ready to go out, and I'm really excited to do that series again for a bit. I don't know how regular it will be, but I really want it to be. So check that out. As well as that, the Pat and Mike show, Keelan Brown is currently filling in for Pat, who is away at the moment on some personal leave. Keelan filled in last week, and we had a huge chat. Uh, and I can't even remember. Oh, we, uh, Keelan has never ever played Pokemon and on the Pat and Mike show we deep dive on a topic I've talked about on the show so we deep dived on Pokemon and I just asked him uh, if he could name any and here's what he came up with which I thought was hilarious if you if I asked you to like name a Pokemon like could you name Pokemon yeah yeah Pikachu, yeah. Pikachu um yeah uh, me me too you too. Me too. <laughs> me too. Hashtag me. Hashtag me too. Um, the Pokemon. Piccolo. No, not Piccolo. Piccolo's not from Squirtle. Squirtle. Yep. Squirtle. Did you think Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z was Squirtle? And of course, you can check out Harry Potter and the Boys, my Harry Potter fan fiction podcast, which has now overtaken 20th Century Boy in listenership. It's growing very much. I used to use this show to plug the shit out of that show. Now I am doing the inverse. I appreciate everyone who listens to this show. Still. This is, this is what I put the most work into. So even though it's all my content, I, I would love for this show to um, grow in listeners a lot as well, but it is what it is. Uh, check out that on uh, Instagram, HPATB pod for daily Harry Potter memes and clips from the show, as well as TikTok, HPATB pod. And the TCB pod Instagram has daily memes as well and clips from the show, TCB pod. The YouTube channel, short clips from the show, five to 10 minute highlights so if you can't hear the full show every week catch up on the highlights there and that is oh and here's a grab from this week's harry potter and the boys well jk rowling couldn't put everything in the books (laughs) you should have seen some of the stuff ron and lavender brown got up to in half blood prince (laughs) they weren't allowed to put most of that in the book but it happened let's just say ron lavender and one of the gryffindors had a pretty good threesome said Harry, winking and pointing at himself. <laughs> that is the funniest content I put out, in my opinion, so please go and check it out. That That's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Support me in any way you can. You know how to do it. I'm not going to say it again, and I will catch you next week. My name's been Ready Mike. This has been the inside of my mind. Thanks for listening to 20th Century Boy. If you like what we do here, please consider subscribing to our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. That's three coffees a year, and it really does go a long way when it's helping little creators like me and my small team here. It goes much further than it would for someone like a Netflix. I don't know why I'm hating on Netflix so much, but seriously, guys, if you subscribe to the Patreon, it'll make my day. It won't make theirs. So, food for thought. Patreon.com slash Radio Mike. Two bonus podcasts a week you know you want to because you're missing out. See you next week or on the Patreon if you subscribe. There's no kissing related content on the Patreon. I just wanted to do a kiss sound. Anyway, goodbye, no kiss this time. This podcast was a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to check out all our other content. Stay up to date at radio.mike on Instagram and get in touch. Radiomikepod at gmail.com. Radio Mike.